Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to it. It is episode one. That's right. I am Tom Barton. Believe in betting. Oh, boy, man, I can't wait to get into it. We are going to cover everything in the world of betting and make sure we give you guys angles, tips, stats, trends, my analysis to make a little bit of money. What we do here at Sports Garden Network, guys, and this is a Sports Garden Network production, is that that's what we do. Look, we are a sports media company that focuses on sports betting side of things. That's what we do. And you guys want to get in touch with us at SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. I try to answer everything that I possibly can. Look, the entire media world is starting to get into sports betting and angles. And let's have, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx and celebrities come out here and the, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, the rat from Ratatouille. You know, let's have all these randoms tell you how to sports bet and put their names up there. I'm somebody that's been in the sports betting media before it was a thing. I've been in this for 20 plus years now. I'm also a professional handicapper that's been a professional handicapper on the map and being written about for 15 years. Our buddy that we will have on the show eventually during the podcast, Rob Mish, wrote a book about all of sports bettors in the entire world and included me in that book. So look, I have a little bit more credibility than anybody else out there. And my stats speak for themselves. Last football season, giving out free plays on the air. I was the number one media personality for giving out plays every single week. So you're going to listen to a lot of analysis. And this isn't about me making the right picks or whatnot. I'm going to give you guys the tools to move forward and to make some money on your own. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make some money with this show. So We do have a lot of NBA going on right now. We do have the NHL going on right now. And of course, you can make money. One of the things I keep telling everybody, uh, they are pricing Connor McDavid out as far as points. You know, you have uh, situations in the NBA. A lot of unders are coming in early on. A lot of situational spots there. Major League Baseball, there's some shakeup. I know Max Scherzer signed. The Mets went from 20 to 1 down to 11 to 1 to win the World Series. And we normally can get into some of that. But it's football season, right? And it's NFL season. We could talk about Alabama getting six and a half against Georgia. I don't love that. 11, that's what Iowa's getting against Michigan this weekend. Yeah, you kind of look at Iowa as that dangerous team, but can they score enough? Sure, we can talk a little bit of college bas- uh, college football, and we will, and we'll get into college basketball as the show moves on. But it's an NFL week, and it's a big-time NFL week, so I want to concentrate on that this week. And it's an NFL week here, guys, where you look at the NFL this, this week, And it's all divisional games, or at least it seems that way. And it's not only all divisional games. It is a ton of road favorites and a ton of there's five divisional road favorites. And three of them are big time. I mean, we have a double digit road favorite in Tampa and Atlanta. We have more than a touchdown road favorite uh, and divisional road favorite with Minnesota and the Lions. We have road divisional favorites all over the scope of the NFL. How about Indianapolis? That's closing in on double digits on the road against the Houston Texans. So these are landmines for professional better. So let's navigate through the landmines and let's get you 
in a position where you're going to be able to make some real good decisions this weekend. Let's start it off with Thursday before we go into the weekend. Dallas against New Orleans. Look, this line opened at Dallas 7. I even saw it at 7.5 in some shops. And it's fallen all the way back to 4.5. Did it fall all the way back to 4.5 because of Taysom Hill? Oh, because he's going to be starting for New Orleans. Well, I think that might have had a little bit something to do with it because Trevor Simeon was only hitting 57% of his passes and he looked absolutely awful the last time we saw him on Thanksgiving. And then you look at, well, Ava Kamara's coming back. It looks like Ingram's going to be a little bit healthy. All right, maybe that moved the line a little bit, but their number one receiver is also suspended by the NFL. So I don't think that that was the line movement. I think that this is more of a case of people just not having confidence in the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy won't be on the sidelines because of COVID, but I don't think anybody believes that Mike McCarthy is exactly Belichick or Andy Reid out there where it should be this much of a line movement. This is more of people thinking back to Thanksgiving and going, I watched that game and they didn't look good. Remember, you have a lot of novice bettors out there that watched that game. Why? It was the highest rated game that had been watched on television in the NFL since 1990. Everybody watched that game and everybody watched Dallas look relatively bad. Now you can blame the refs and everything else. Look, the Dallas Cowboys didn't look good in that game, but the Saints looked worse. Now, Sean Payton is over 20 games over 500 in his career as an underdog. He's even more than that as a home underdog. The guy cashes in. As a matter of fact, he's cashed in 12 of the last 15 times in this spot. So against the spread, Sean Payton is good, and you got to think about it. He's got the quarterback he wanted. I said it all along, all offseason. Look, Jameis Winston's a backup quarterback, and Taysom Hill's a third-string quarterback, and Trevor Simeon's a four-string quarterback. I mean, that's who he's been playing with, four-string quarterbacks. Adam Trotman's out. That's a second-string tight end. Kamara's been out. Ingram's been out. So they've been dealing with third-string running backs. They lost Michael Thomas. So now they're dealing with second- and third-string wide receivers. I mean, this team is a mess, and they were missing two offensive linemen last week as well. CeeDee Lamb is back. Amari Cooper is back. All of that is good for Dallas, but, man, that defense just didn't look very good. With the Saints getting Kamara and Ingram back, Saints getting some offensive linemen back, Taysom Hill in there, I think it's a dangerous game for Dallas. I think everybody's going to be jumping on Dallas, which we already see the early lines are about 67% of the money coming in on Dallas. And I think it's a dangerous game for them. I don't know if I could go out there and, and go take a shot at Taysom Hill, who hasn't played really all year at quarterback, against an angry Dallas team with this extra rest to kind of fix their defensive problems. But in the same respect, it's Sean Payton getting points at home in prime time with now a team that is starting to get healthy. That's a dangerous proposition. Another dangerous proposition, as we know, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Yeah, guys, this is dangerous. I'm sorry. It is just a dangerous game. Everyone seems to be jumping on Tampa Bay, and that's the obvious choice here. 11-point favorite on the road against Atlanta. It doesn't matter. It's Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's up against the Falcons, who rank 31st in the league in pass defense. Yeah, that's that's certainly a thing. But look, Tampa Bay's 5-6 and six against the spread this season because they're overrated in a lot of spots, especially by betters. But they're 4-1 when the line is double digits. Atlanta is a one-dimensional team. They cannot run the ball without Patterson. Right now, that's what they're going to do. They are going to absolutely try to pound that rock. But you know what? Tampa Bay... Coming into last week against Jonathan Taylor, had the number one rushing defense in the NFL. If they stop that, they force us Matty Ice, double team pits. Who, who, who's scaring you here? Who, who's scaring you? Is Matt Ryan scaring you? Is Russell Gage scaring you? Absolutely not. 
So that's something to pay attention to. What about Arizona-Chicago? You can't go near this game unless we know about Kyler Murray and DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Are they back from injury? Are they 100% back from injury? Look, guys come back. These guys haven't played in over a month. You haven't played in over a month. I don't know if you're going to hit the ground running. Normally, this is a great fade spot. Seven and a half points on the road with guys coming back. I know the Cardinals had a bye week, so they're rested. But they might be a little off of rhythm. But the Bears are banged up as well. Justin Fields is dealing with injuries. Andy Dalton potentially could get the start. Nagy's job is on the line. Allen Robinson is banged up. Khalil Mack is out for the season. Hakeem Hicks is banged up and hasn't been good all year long. Eddie Jackson's banged up. Roquan Smith left the game last week. This is a game from a sports betting perspective, guys. Do not touch it until you know the injury risks. And even when you get those injury reports, a lot of these guys, like a Roquan Smith, like a Justin Fields, they have injuries that can be re-injured very, very quickly. I'm nervous about that. So this is a game where I'm staying away from because of that. Chargers, Bengals. You know, I'm shocked to see Chargers money coming in here. The Bengals really uh, went on display. They, they had a big emotional win beating Pittsburgh last week. And the Chargers defense, run defense, is just terrible. We finally saw Joe Mixon really explode last week. And this is becoming the Joe Mixon show here, not Joe Burrow. As good as Burrow has been, this is Joe Mixon. Uh, the Chargers have started 4-1, and one, but they're only 2-4 and four cents. But the Chargers are allowing 145.3 rushing yards per game. No other team in the NFL is allowing more than 135. So it's a 10-yard. They were worse than every team in the NFL by 10-plus yards. If Joe Mixon is the guy, and Cincinnati's supposed to have some bad weather this week, if he's the guy and they just continue to pound the ball, I don't know if you could really look at the Chargers here in any real spot. I'm not telling you to jump all over Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a, a tightly contested game. But this is Cincinnati or nothing for me. you got to love the run game. you got to like what they're doing with the run game. And you have to look at the Chargers and say they just can't stop anybody. Minnesota-Detroit, this line is now up to 7.5. The Minnesota Vikings are a team that's going on the road against a tough Detroit team. Look, they're still playing tough. Going on the road against a tough Detroit team. They're going on the road against a team that they lost to, that they beat 1917. Detroit only lost by two points. Now they're going on the road in division without Dalvin Cook, their best player. And DeAndre Swift, if he comes back, look, DeAndre Swift could be the difference maker here because these are the two worst run defenses in the NFL. I expect a lot of ground game. I expect the Minnesota Vikings to try to trust Madison here. But can you? Can you trust a backup running back even in this spot on the road? It's a tough situation to go into. I'm leaning the under, but that under is falling down as well. Miami and the Giants, this was a two and a half line. I told everybody on Sunday night, I loved him. I love Miami, minus two and a half. Now it's up to four and a half or five. Well, that's because Mike Glennon's going to start. Daniel Jones is out. He injured himself. And one of the things with this Giants team is, when are they all going to get back healthy? Kenny Galladay was banged up, and Tony's been banged up, and Shepard's been banged up, and their offensive line, Thomas, has been banged up, and Saquon Barkley. Well, last week, Barkley came back. Thomas came back. Barkley just looks done, by the way. I mean, this guy, if you're a fantasy player, he's a flex position guy. He doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the explosiveness. Uh, Galladay can't catch a cold. I mean, this guy is absolutely terrible. You look at Tony. He's been banged up. He might play. We don't know if he's going to play. We don't know about Shepard. And now Daniel Jones is out. And now the defense is kind of collapsing. Look, both of these offenses average less than 20 points per game. But only the Miami Dolphins have held teams for about a month to 14 points or less. The Miami run defense allows just 105 rushing yards per game. So the Giants are going to have to go to the air. And they're going to go to the air with Mike Lennon on the road in this spot. 
I think the Dolphins have something going right now. They feel good in Tua. You look at a guy like Waddle. Waddle is out there to set all kinds of Miami Dolphin rookie receiving records. He's out there, you know, fifth fastest player in the NFL this year on his receptions. You look at when they're looking at him and how they're utilizing him. Waddle is a big-time player, a true number one. And you got Mike Gusecki there uh, playing that number two role. Man, I will tell you, Miami looks impressive. I'm surprised that this line is so short, even with the Mike Lennon news. Philadelphia and the Jets, this line is is at a seven. It went up to seven and a half. It went back down to seven. I think it's inflated. I think it's inflated because we don't know about Jalen Hurts. Now, did the Giants give everybody else in the league a blueprint to how to stop him? He's also got a banged up ankle. I worry about that. The Jets defense does allow a lot of yards, but they allow a lot of yards through the air. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a guy that scares you through the air. You want to kind of keep him in that area where he's got to run the ball. And going into last week, they had run the ball 160 times to 100. They ran it a lot last week as well. They're not quite at 2-1, to one, but they're getting up to 2-1 to one rushing. Well, the Jets' front four are really good. They might be one of the top two or three in the league. The one thing that the Jets can do is stop the run. This is now, you have to go out there as Jalen Hurts and utilize his arm. You have to go out there and be betting that he can be better than the Jets on the road with his arm. Oh, I don't like that bet. How about the Colts in Houston? This open has an eight-point line. It's up to 10 and a half, even 11 in some spots. Look, the Texans allow 137 yards per game on the ground. Jonathan Taylor was taken out of the game plan last week. He was taken out of the game plan so much, reporters were asking Frank Reich about it. And Frank Reich turned around and he said, look, uh, are you guys kidding me? Like, they knew we were gonna we were going to run. They are the best run defense, so we, we did short passing plays and throws. I thought the Colts played a great game last week and a great game plan. Well, throw that all out the window. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, and some more Jonathan Taylor this week. It should be a full control Indianapolis running game against a very weak run defense here. I mean, this defense is a badly, I mean, look, they're, they're just bad on, on the defensive side against the run. They're, they're just bad. But here's the thing. They have a little something going here. They do cause a lot of turnovers. The last three weeks, they've caused some turnovers on the defensive side. On the offensive side, well, Tyrod Taylor gives them a little bit of a spark. Nico Collins might become a player here. He's still got cooks. They got some things working where I am worried about going on the road. And you have to remember what the Colts have been this year. The Colts have been a team that are kind of playing to their competition. Well, they played up to the Bucks in a loss. That's an emotional game. Now you have to go on the road against the lowly Texans that you guys beat up on all the time. I think they win the game, but laying the 10 is a worry for me. Again, double digits in the NFL, you don't do them. Double digits on the road, you don't do that. Double digits on the road in a divisional game, oh, hell no, you stay away. All right, Washington and Vegas. Washington looked good on Monday night. Now they're going on a short week. Antonio Gibson, is he back? Is he healthy? He got, I mean, damn near 30 carries. The guy was unstoppable. Is that a formula that you could continuously win with? The Raiders come after the passer, but you can run on them. The problem with the Las Vegas Raiders is that they they cannot run the ball. I mean, they really cannot run the ball. If you get a sustained run, Vegas could win this division. Forget about even the playoffs, but they can't run the ball. Now, I expect Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to come up with something here with Washington to be able to stop that run and force Derek Carr to beat you. Derek Carr has looked good at times. He looked good against Dallas, but three weeks leading into 
it. He didn't look good. And Darren Waller, yeah, he avoided a major injury, but Darren Waller can't be 100%. The Raiders are banged up. It's a tough trip to go on the road, West Coast, or, well, Vegas, we'll call it the West Coast. West Coast time zone. How about that? Wink, wink, gotcha. Got me out of that uh, flub there. And and you go over, you fly out there after a short week on a Monday night and an emotional win at home. This is going to really test who Washington is. I thought Washington could win the division before the year began. And then, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down and, and they kind of fell apart. Chase Young goes down and this defense is playing better. Landon Collins has stepped up to be kind of the guy there. I'm real interested to watch this game. But again, a game that I'm real interested to watch, not really interested to bet on that game. Jacksonville and the Rams. This line is closing in on minus 14 for the Rams. And I got to ask why. Look, Jacksonville's 2-0 against the spread as a double-digit underdog. And Jacksonville looks bad at times. But the one thing they do well is they stop the run. They're only allowing about 105, 106 yards on the ground, and that is against the two teams, by the way, last week that just increased them against San Francisco and and, um, Denver, who actually played really well on the ground against them. But they're good on the ground. You have to pass on this team. And in order to pass on this team, you need a healthy Matthew Stafford. And Stafford has not looked healthy. He looks bad. But they are getting a lot of flack. I will tell you this, though. Matthew Stafford, though, isn't he what we thought he was going to be? The Vegas line makers before the season, when Matthew Stafford took over for Jared Goff, barely moved the team total win line. I saw it go from, you know, 11 to 11 and a half. Some of them stayed at about 11 and a half. Some of them stayed at about 11. That was it. I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And now we're starting to see that about Stafford. He's never beaten a team. Team, more than five games over 500. He is not a guy that plays up to his competition, but this is a Jacksonville team. They should have plenty of success against this team. My worry is laying the big number with a potentially banged up Matthew Stafford, with a potentially banged up Daryl Henderson. This is not a good spot for them to be laying big numbers. How about Baltimore-Pittsburgh. All right, this line is more in line with what you expect. It is a road game. It is division, and Baltimore is laying points. All right, it's about three and a half or four. Pittsburgh looked bad last week, and they are kind of a mirage, but they are getting healthier, right? Their defense is kind of slowly coming back. Lamar Jackson is the only, this is the only one of two teams that he doesn't have a winning record against, so there is a formula there. Mike Tomlin understands how to beat, or at least slow down Lamar Jackson. The problem with the Ravens is this, is that Over the past three games, the Ravens have averaged 14 points per game. They looked out of sorts. Early in the season, I was on Lamar Jackson bandwagon because he wasn't looking to run. He had his eyes downfield. He was looking downfield. He was looking to kind of look up and and hit Andrews or hit Bateman or hit, you know, Hollywood. And he was doing that. Now he's back to just running. And the running game is being unsuccessful outside of Lamar Jackson. Well, this is the problem. Make them one-dimensional. Make them run with Lamar, and that's kind of the case. At the half last week, he had like 10 carries. It didn't make any sense. Now, they got the win. It was a squeak-out win. You did that against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you're getting out of there with a win. Niners at Seattle. Well, you know, look, you turn around and you go, San Francisco minus the two and a half has gone up to minus three and a half. has gone up to minus five. And the Seattle Seahawks are in a spot, look, Seattle looks broken. Seattle looks bad. Russell Wilson looks broke. He is just terrible right now. Look, they're they're averaging less than 14 points since he's come back, and he is the worst quarterback right now on third down completion percentage in the NFL that started the game this year. That includes the Wilsons, the Flaccos. That includes everybody that the Jets has thrown out there. I mean, he's awful. He looks still hurt. He's missing guys. There was a distinct play where DK Metcalf was about 50 yards downfield on the left-hand side, and they're, they're, I mean, 
They're wide open over the middle of the field. They're daring him to look and to take the shortcut. He's going for the big play, the home run play. And Seattle's got to be a little bit discouraged, right? He had a chance to kind of get back into this thing. Russell Wilson comes back. Your emotions are high. He's looked like absolute garbage since coming back. You lose on Monday night. But this game is at home. Now, the Seahawks do have the worst pass defense in the league at 279 yards per game. That's terrible. And San Francisco is going to be without Debo Samuel, who seemed to be the entire offense. But Jimmy G has been looking good. Jimmy G, pro football focus, has said over the last month, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And San Francisco has covered for the last five. One thing I will say is that these two teams, they know each other. It is Russell Wilson. It is Russell Wilson at home. Seattle did win the first meeting, 28-21. All right, how about... Denver, Kansas City, talking about two teams that know each other. Well, Kansas City has so much going for them here that I don't even mind that the line is about nine and a half or ten. Kansas City is four and seven against the spread after they played, you know, defensive struggles. But the Chiefs had a bye week. Andy Reid off a bye week is the greatest coach in the history of the NFL off a bye week. That's just reality. That's against the spread. I mean, that's not against the spread. That's just straight up, but who cares? You know what? It correlates here. If you want to take this in a teaser, you want to do a parlay, something like that. I don't advocate for it, but I understand why the line is so big. Teddy Bridgewater might be out. This might be a Drew Locke game. I understand why the line is so big. Kansas City is at home. It is a primetime game. Kansas City started looking really good. Pat Mahomes is coming back. You have a week to prepare. All of it adds up to a big, giant Kansas City win. The one thing I will say about Denver is they've had a lot of running success. I like Williams. I like Gordon. And they have a lot of talent at receivers with Jerry Judy. Maybe Noah Fant's not the guy, but Noah Fant is a good receiver. Sutton and Hitton. And I, I mean, you go through the, the offensive talent and it is just massive talent. So can Teddy Bridgewater slash Drew Locke turn around and outgun Patrick Mahomes against a defense in Denver that looked pretty good last week. Denver loses Von Miller. Denver lost, you know, Bradley Chubb was banged up. And Denver's defenses look good. Patrick Sertain is the real deal, guys. You know, I look at this game and everyone's going over and they expect a Kansas City blowout. I wouldn't be shocked about a KC winning and, and you know, winning this game by, you know, two touchdowns or so. I think KC definitely wins. But I think Denver's defense is a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. And once Von Miller left, everybody jumped ship. Look, they got a lot of young guys on that team. They have a defensive head coach. They have defensive coordinators. I think the defense keeps them in this game for a little while. All right, New England-Buffalo premier game, Monday night football. We know the history. Bill Belichick is 25-5 and against Buffalo. They absolutely squash them, right? And you can tell me it's a new Buffalo team. Well, you know what? They swept the Patriots last year. They did. Patriots were a disaster. They were a horrendous team. We're going to look at that team and kind of write it off. But even with that... Bills only won 24-21. The Patriots almost upset them in one of those games last year. Here's the thing. The Bills, they are 5-5 five five against the spread as a favorite. The Bills have had their problems. The Bills have had their, problem, their, their difficulties. Bills have extra rest for this game. And it is at home. That is such a key. Orchard Park is going to be absolutely going crazy. It's a Monday night game. There's supposed to be some weather issues there. I'm reading about a little bit of wind, potential of a little bit of snow. And Mac Jones, I have nothing but good things to say about this guy. Okay, Mac Jones is fantastic, but this is a test for a rookie. Monday night in, you know, a division rival. Oh, by the way, not just any division rival, the Buffalo Bills, which tends to get crazy. It's going to be crazy weather for the kid from Alabama. I like Mac Jones a lot, but it's a lot to ask him to get back up for a game like this. We also have two of the best scoring defenses in the league. These two defenses are maybe one and two overall, if you really want to look at most categories. I think that the Buffalo defense are going to be able to at least 
neutralize Mac Jones to a point. The times that Buffalo struggled this year defensively, there's only been two times in two games all year long that they struggled against Jonathan Taylor and against Derrick Henry. Let me tell you something. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry should both, absolutely both, be getting MVP nods. Okay? I don't know if they're going to win it, but they should both be getting MVP nods. I don't think it's a stretch to go out there and say that both of them are the best at their positions. They're the number one and number two running backs in the NFL. New England can run the ball. We know that, okay? But can they run the ball to a level of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry? No, I don't think they can, okay? I lean Buffalo. God, this is a game you don't touch. This is a game, As a sports better, you don't touch this game. I lean Buffalo a little bit. I lean them because they're at home. I lean them because everyone's so high on New England. But I can't touch this game. No way. And everyone's going to take the points with Bill. I get it. It's going to be, you know, probably 80% of the public is going to jump on the points with Bill. I get it. But I'm just leaning that way. I'm not going to jump one way or the other. All right, guys, real quick, before we get out of here, uh, I want to give you a couple of news and notes um, uh, that, that just from a, a betting standpoint, you want to pay attention to. The Chicago Bears first half unders are still coming in. We're talking about under Matt Nagy. This is hitting at about a 70% clip. That's something to pay attention to. At the half, the the unders for the Chicago Bears, those games have really gone under. Now, I said a lot of the Bears' defense is injured, so I don't know if I'm going to continue to keep riding that streak, but it's a streak I want to mention. The New York Jets, the worst team in the NFL this year, and for the last five or six years, I could probably put a period there, but I'm talking about first halves. They are atrocious in the first half. They are the worst team on paper in the first quarter in the NFL. You want to bet against the Jets, well, you better go against them early. Bet against them in the first quarter, bet against them in the first half. As far as the Chicago Bears go, you know, you could also look at them and and go back to that and say there are time to pull off of trends, there are time not to. We were riding the Buffalo Bills in the first half for a long time. This is not a game that I like that, though. And I've been riding that trend, Buffalo Bills first half trend. Look, they set the record for leading at the half. We get that. Um, but there are certain trends that you pull off of. So uh, the three trends that I have been following, I don't know if I'm going to be on the Bears because they have all those defensive problems. I don't know if I'm going to sit back and really be on, uh, um, I, I don't think I could go on the Buffalo Bills at the half there. doesn't seem like something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on top of. But I think the Jets early on is still a trend that I just can't, can't ignore. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. If you're asking me for my best bet, probably the Dolphins. I know it's an increasing line, but I still like the Dolphins. Get it as soon as you possibly can. All right, guys, I'm Tom Barton for Believe in Betting on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.